Hey everybody, I'm your host Gene Marks and this is season two of the Paychex Business Series podcast. As you know, I'm a certified public accountant, a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications you probably read like The Guardian, The Washington Times, The Hill, uh, Forbes Entrepreneur, The Philadelphia Inquirer. But most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company, and I've teamed up with Paychex, the leading provider of human resources, payroll, benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID-19, and this season, we're focusing on moving forward, innovating, and navigating the road to recovery. My very special guest today is Congressman Steve Chabot. Uh, Congressman Chabot is a Republican from Iowa. Uh, sorry, Ohio. Sorry, Congressman. Uh, he has been a member of the U.S. House of Representatives for over 20 years. He is currently the ranking minority member of the House's Committee on Small Business, where he served as chairman from 2015 to 2018. Uh, Congressman Chabot, did I get most of that right? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, and, and <laughs> Iowa is a fine state, too. Uh, Well, you know what? You represent your district and you also represent the entire country. So, you know, of course, there are good people, good people and good business owners in Iowa. So thank you for joining me. Let me just, uh, you know, quickly get this started and just have you explain to my audience, um, Congressman Chabot, what exactly does the Small Business Committee do? If you can just share with us the type of activities you're involved in. Well, we're the advocate in Congress for America's small businesses. And uh, those small businesses are the backbone of the American economy. Uh, about half the people who work in this country work for a small business. And about two-thirds of the new jobs created in the American economy are created by America's small businesses. So they're very important. And our committee looks out for them. We have hearings uh, virtually every week, at least when we're in session, uh, on one aspect, whether it's uh, access to capital or regulations or taxation or how COVID is going to affect or how it has affected small businesses, uh, the PPP program, how we can make it better. So, you know, those are the types of things that we uh, have hearings on. We generally have four witnesses who come in. Uh, Right now, I'm in the minority. Republicans are in the minority. So we get to call one of the four witnesses. The Democrats get to call three of them. When I was chair, uh, Republicans were in the majority, so we got to call more witnesses. So uh, fortunately on this committee, however, we are very bipartisan. We really do work together, and that's why we get so much done. Glad to hear that, and I I agree with that. So let's... um... Let, let's kind of dig into a few of the issues. So, you know, uh, you know, Congressman Chabot, I, you know, I live in Philadelphia. Uh, we're recording this on uh, a Friday, November 20th. Um, and, and as of today, our city is, is really being shut down with more restrictions. Uh, there are, I mean, Thanksgiving has effectively been canceled for a lot of families because we cannot have uh, people outside of our immediate households even over to our, to our houses. And many small businesses, our, our restaurants in the city now can no longer have indoor dining and are very much restricted for outdoor dining. Gyms and fitness centers have been closed down as well. Um, and as you know, there are this is going on many places around the country as well. So many of my readers and my clients are asking me, what is, you know, what, what is the status with the new stimulus? When will we get help? And not only when will we get help, but what kind of help can we be expecting? I know that you you don't have all the answers, but can you can you share with us your thoughts on um, the prospects for a new stimulus and what you think would be uh, in it? Yeah, well, in in my opinion, it's long overdue. We should have acted on this a month or two ago at least. Um, unfortunately, uh, politics got in the way. 
Um, and maybe that's not surprising since this is Washington, but um, we were relatively close to having this resolved. Um, and there's a couple issues that, that got hung up. Um, one of the issues was on the unemployment insurance. Uh, Republicans in general felt that uh, the $600 federal unemployment per week on top of the uh, individual states who have unemployment, uh, to do that again uh, in many instances would be a disincentive for people to go back to work because you had people that were making more not working than they were when they were working. And that's something you just don't want to do. And the Democrats wanted to have that in there again. Um, and, and then they... Uh, on the direct payments, the $1,200 and $2,400 direct payments, uh, we were for doing that again. But in their bill, the Democrats added uh, making those payments uh, eligible to, uh, to go into people that were in this country illegally. And it's something that Republicans just couldn't support. So we ended up uh, going down alleys where there just wasn't an end and we couldn't get it done. And, and that's really unfortunate. So what I and some of my colleagues were saying was, look, let's put those other things aside and let's at least pass the PPP program again, because both Republicans and Democrats agreed that that program worked very well for America's small businesses and saved a lot of jobs. Um, so uh, that's what we were trying to do. Um, and Speaker Pelosi just would not allow us uh, to have a vote on the PPP program by itself. Uh, so we've seen, unfortunately, nothing pass in months now. We still have $135 billion uh, in the PPP program that uh, is just sitting there and can't go out in loans. We want to give it to folks who didn't get a loan in the first round or for folks uh, who did get one uh, but can establish, can show that they are still in need of, uh, of, of another loan. Um, and uh, so that's, that's, where, that's what we're arguing about right now. Uh, we've got about two more weeks left in this Congress before Congress recesses for the year, and then the new Congress will be sworn in in January. Um, it's still possible we might get something done over the next couple of weeks, um, but whether that happens or not, I don't know. But it's really unfortunate because there's a lot of small businesses out there that are hurting and ought to get relief from Washington. One of the things that, um, you know, you're, you're talking about some of the contentious issues. I know one of the other uh, you know, real issue between the two parties were, you know, surrounding business liabilities. And I know that, you know, the GOP supports uh, in the stimulus bill, there would be coverage for businesses that, you know, that might incur liabilities related to COVID. Um, I know the Democrats, you know, their, their point of view is that, you know, businesses need to be responsible for running a safe and healthy, you know, operation, and we can't let the taxpayers have to pay uh, for their mistakes. What are your thoughts on business liabilities and its inclusion in a new bill? Yes, I do think there should have been, and I was in favor of having uh, liability protections in there for small businesses, um, you know, because essentially what you're looking at is a possibility you have a small business that's open, uh, you know, you have a customer come in your shop and it turns up, you know, a couple of days later, a week later, uh, you know, they test uh, COVID positive and you know, God forbid there could be even a death yeah. um, and they turn around and sue every business that they were in and everybody that came in contact with. Um, how do you keep an economy moving in, a, in, in the right direction if, if you allow for that to happen? Or you have an employee, you know, your employees come back and 
one of them gets COVID and ends up suing. Uh, you know, you have workers' compensation laws and companies uh, in, in various states, so you might have to prove willful and wanton or other things, depending on your state. But even if you win, you lose under these circumstances. So we ought to we ought to have liability protection. So Republicans were insisting that that be in there. Mitch McConnell in the Senate was very strong on that. Uh, the Democrats, because they're very close to the trial lawyers, um, were opposed to it. And so uh, whether we're going to be able to resolve that or not also remains, uh, you know, an unknown at this point in time. Loan forgiveness. There have been, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm a CPA myself. Um, you know, the rules around forgiveness around the PPP, as you can imagine, being what it is, has become complex and bureaucratic and, uh, you know, a real headache for a lot of our clients. Uh, we're actually been telling our clients to hold off on applying for forgiveness uh, unless it's really just a cut and dry case, mainly because the rules continue to change and there could be even more changes with another stimulus bill. Um, do you think that's good advice for me to give? I, I do. I can't, you know, I can't give advice, you know, <laughs> myself, to you to give to other folks. But um, I've met with, well, I've met with over 70 small businesses in my district and almost uh, everyone has asked me that same question or something similar about that. Um, and, and I do think uh, that there will be some simplification of the forgiveness process and think there ought to be. You know, we did we did simplify it somewhat. We reduced the number of pages, um, you know, in the forgiveness uh, forms, but but it's still pretty complex. Um, and that was in my legislation that, that I introduced. Uh, and and it's in, been in most of the bills that we've had. Um, and, and I do think we will get there. I just don't know when that will be. So I think it's it's not bad advice to say maybe hold off if you don't need to do it now because it may be a little bit simpler, you know, next month than it is right now. Uh, there's been a lot of reports about fraud around the, the PPP program. Do you think that they're overblown? Do you think that they're justified? What are your what are your thoughts on, on the fraud reports that we've been seeing? I think there is fraud, but I think when you're looking at a program uh, as large as the PPP program was, um, you know, it's maybe surprising that there hasn't been a lot more of it. Um, you know, we had a, a, a PPP program that we passed on uh, March 20, uh, March 29th, I think, something like that. Uh, and, and I was at the signing ceremony uh, at, at the White House in the Oval Office that day. Um, we passed this. And then uh, one week later, that was a Friday, one week later, loans were going out the door on a program that didn't exist a week prior to this. Right. And in the in the following two weeks, there were more loans in, in 14 days than we'd had in the previous 14 years. Um, so you are going to have some folks that are going to try to slip in. There are, you know, there are fraudsters out there and people are going to try to take advantage of it. We need to catch them. That's why we need oversight. Um, but what we don't want to do is have such a cumbersome forgiveness process uh, that it makes it extremely difficult um, and cumbersome on every small business in who is trying to get the loan forgiveness. We, the vast majority of these should get forgiveness, and it shouldn't be, you know, such a complicated, paperwork-intensive process uh, that it, it's just you know, you have a intense migraine headache uh, by the time you're done with this process. So we're trying to simplify it. 
You know, this is probably going to sound like a naive question, but I've I've always been wondering, uh, Congressman Chabot, you, I mean, the 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 small the 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 House Committee, the Small Business Committee, House, you guys have been very very active. Um, I you know I'll argue, and you can debate this even even more so than than you know your counterparts in the Senate. Um, And yet, when the when the whole Paycheck Protection Program thing happened, which is part of the CARES Act, obviously, I mean, it all really originated from the Senate. And I'm kind of curious, just, and I think our listeners are curious as well, just so we know where to keep an eye on. Like, why, why was that? Why did that something as big, such, had such a big impact on small businesses? Why didn't this come from the House? Why did it come from the Senate? Well, it, it was a combination. I mean, it was it was both the House and the Senate. Um, I was working with my staff, and I was working with Nydia Velasquez, who mm-hmm. is the chairwoman of the committee. Uh, she's a Democrat. She's from New York, um, and I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm a Republican. Mm-hmm. We work very closely together. For for the last two Congresses, I was the chairman, and she was my ranking member. So we have a good working relationship. So our staff know each other. We were working in the House together, and then we were working with our Senate counterparts, Marco Rubio on the Republican side and Ben Carter uh, on the uh, the Democratic side. So we were all working together. Now, ultimately... The Senate has different rules than we do. You just need a simple majority in the House. You need 60 votes to have it come up for a vote over in the Senate. So Mm -hmm. it can be blocked very easily over there. So it had to be bipartisan over there. So, um, you know, it's harder to pass things over there. And and that's why we kind of let them, to some degree, take the lead, at least publicly, on this. But you had really the House and the Senate that were working very closely uh, together. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess we should continue to keep our eyes. If there's going to be another stimulus bill, it'll most likely originate or come from the Senate with obviously House involvement. Does that make sense? Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, we're, we've had calls. We call it the four corners negotiation. It's the ranking and, and, uh, and uh, chair of the, House, of the House and ranking and chair in the Senate of the small business committees. And, you know, our staff works together. We have conference calls together. The four members do. We've had, you know, those before too. So we're all working together. But, you know, it may have a Senate number on it, but it's really a byproduct of both the House and the Senate. You, you know, when you look at the economy the way it is now, how it has recovered so far, um, you look at the. I mean, just two weeks ago, the the NFIB put out their monthly small business optimism index. And, uh, you know, geez, it's at levels comparative to what, what it was back in 2018 and 2019. Um, you, know, you know, we read in the news about all the hardships, uh, legitimate hardships that some small businesses are having, you know, restaurants, retail, uh, you know, fitness centers, you know, some in the travel arts business. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know if you see the same thing in the people that you, that you talk to, the small business owners, that, you know, most of them seem to have navigated this year fairly good. It's been challenging, but you know, you know, I drive by in Philadelphia, it must be the same way in Ohio. I mean, you drive by, you know, you know, industrial parks and, you know, you know, office complexes, you know, there are cars there, there people are doing their thing, they're they're working away. And I guess it does, you know, call into a, a question as to whether or not, you know, another stimulus bill is really needed. And is that something that is kind of, you know, debated in your own mind? Like are we are we overthinking the need for a stimulus? Well, it's something certainly to be considered, but I think much of what you've described, which I think is for the most part accurate, that the economy uh, is much 
doing much better than you know was predicted at the beginning of this when it was predicted we'd have great depression unemployment numbers but a lot of that has to do with the action that we already talked about you know the PPP program uh, for example the idle loan programs the, the direct payments uh, you know the stimulus money and the, the unemployment so all these things together I mean the money that we sent out to state and local governments um, you know it was 150 billion dollars we've had some complaints as if we didn't give them anything. We gave them a lot, you know, in the hospitals and money for, uh, you know, for testing and money for uh, coming up with a vaccine. And we're really close to that vaccine. I mean, I think within the next couple of months, you know, we're going to have multiple vaccines. And I think we're going to be looking at this for the most part, you know, in the rearview mirror, you know, once we get the vaccines out there. Now, are people going to catch it? And are some people going to die? Between now and then, yes, and that's tragic, and we—that's why we still need to do, uh, you know, social distancing and wear masks and all those things to protect ourselves. But overall, I think the American people um, are resilient, as is the economy. Um, you know, we know we still have to put food on the table, and even if we need some help paying for it, you know, we'll, we'll be there to help pay for it. But we're people are going to have to pay that back too, you know? And so we shouldn't be irresponsible with that money. And there is a national debt and it's gone from 23 to 25 trillion, you know, because of the money that we did, uh, you know, send out the door to, to folks. I think that was the right thing to do, but we should be thinking about just what you've said, Gene, uh, you know, the cost of this and do we need another stimulus? And uh, I tend to think that we we do need some more help. I don't think it needs to be $3.3 trillion, right. as Nancy Pelosi uh, did in that very partisan bill a few months back. Um, but I think there is a number that we ought to be able to reach that's responsible and gets us through this, you know, still the hard times we have until the vaccine's online and the, and the economy once again is is buzzing on its own without a whole lot of government support. Yeah, you know, and the other thing that argues against the stimulus as well, I mean, just, you know, you know, today or yesterday, the news that, you know, certain, you know, you know, uh, Federal Reserve programs, you know, like the Main Street Lending Program, um, you know, could end at the end of this year. Um, we have money that's, you know, like you had just mentioned earlier, still, you know, 130, 140 billion left over from the last round of PPP. Uh, people do ask the question like, well, that money's left over. You know, was it even needed? Why? Why do you think the Main Street lending program was so unpopular? I mean, it's, you know, it is. It's a program that is being offered throughout all the banks. I know is a minimum loan of a hundred thousand dollars, but there's no prepayment penalties to pay it back. Uh, you know, market rates are very you know competitive. You know, the repayment terms you have to pay it back for four years or so, uh, but yet very unpopular. Do, do you have any any thoughts as to why? You know, I it wasn't in our jurisdiction. You know, mm -hmm. financial services uh, had jurisdiction over that in the Senate. You know, we in the Small Business Committee, we just didn't, we weren't involved in that. So to, to venture into that, I, I would just be speculating it, you know. And I mean, one just obvious difference is on PPP, we were basically saying that this is going to be forgiven as long as you use it for these yeah. couple of things. And it was tremendous money. You know, some people would say it's free money, and I guess you could put that label on it, much needed. Um, but with the, uh, you know, the market program, you got to pay it back. And right. people don't want to take loans if they don't need to. So, you know, I, I think maybe that's it. There may be some other uh, 
reasons as well, but we uh, I wouldn't want to weigh in any further than that since it wasn't within our jurisdiction. I mean, let's just look ahead, uh, you know, Congressman Chabot. I mean, the you, know, you do have a very good relationship with with Congressman Velasquez, and the you know it's a very bipartisan committee, which is great to hear. Um, so you know, we get beyond COVID. Let's hope um, sometime in the next you know six months. Um, what type of common ground? Do you do you have in not only just in your committee, but you think in Congress overall? And if you were going to pull out your crystal ball, what types of legislation do you think um, a small business owner could be seeing in the next two years uh, that may affect his or her business? Well, I think continued access to capital through the you know existing uh, 504 loan programs and the 7A loan programs and those things, the normal loans which people got. Uh, who who needed them, uh, you know, so those will still be, you know, pushing through. Hopefully we'll be able to come up with some deregulation to some degree. Now it's always tougher, um, and I can't speak for the new administration, assuming it's going to be the, uh, you know, the Biden administration, although that's an entirely, we could talk for hours about that as well, but I know neither one of us has the time to do that. But assuming that, that uh, Biden is going to be sworn in, you know, it's a, that administration is going to have a very different mindset when it comes to things like regulation or taxation. I mean, you know, the Biden had talked about raising taxes. You know, the, the Democrats ha- have been spinning for the last couple of years that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act would just tax cuts for the rich. Well, a lot of the tax cuts was for small businesses. And in, are there small businesses that, you know, wealthy people have? Sure. But there's a lot of middle class folks and hardworking folks. And so we don't want we don't want to implement policies which are going to take us back to the bad old days when it comes to higher taxes and disadvantages American companies compared to uh, foreign owned companies. You know, so I think those are the kinds of things that we can talk about. And an infrastructure bill is important. And we touch on that in small business. But you know, it's broader, uh, you know, there's a transportation infrastructure committee, et cetera. So there's a lot of things for us to, to work on. And I'm hoping that we can be uh, bipartisan and, and work together. I know on our committee, we will continue to be bipartisan because uh, I know Nitty is committed to that. And, and I am too. Congressman Steve Chabot is a Republican from Ohio. He's been a member of the U.S. House of Representatives for over 20 years. And he is currently the ranking minority member of the House's committee on small business, where he served as chairman from 2015 to 2018. Congressman Shabbat, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate all the information that you shared with myself and my listeners. For more great episodes of this podcast and the Paychex Business Series and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychex.com forward slash works, W-O-R-X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.